So uh, continue standing. I want to read the Word of God to you uh, briefly, just one passage of Scripture. Go ahead and open up your Bible if you'd like to Proverbs uh, chapter 29. Uh, verse 18, very, very short passage of scripture. I'll read it quickly so that you can be seated. You all know it probably by heart. If you've spent any uh, length of time in the church at all, you will remember this. Uh, it is about vision. King James Version says it most quotable, which is where there is no vision, the people, you guys finish it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The ESV says it like this, where there is no prophetic vision. Everybody say prophetic vision. vision. The people cast off restraint. Everybody say undisciplined. Undisciplined. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the vision of Jesus Christ upon the cross, that he is perfect vision. And as we look upon the lamb that was slain, we receive the grace to minister to your people. We thank you for your blood and your body that was broken and poured out for us that we might know you and have fellowship with you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would anoint this time, that you would anoint your people, that you would anoint this family, and that you would anoint me to rightly divide the word of truth and share your heart, share your spirit, with the people of God, so that we could come to a place of unity together in Jesus' name. Amen. And as you're seated, just shout unity. Unity. Amen. Amen and amen. As you are praying, I would like to impress upon you a need for a specific prayer. How many of you guys like to pray every day? I'm I'm, I'm just going to wait for everybody, you know. (laughs) If you don't know it yet, you like to pray every day. If you don't like to pray every day, it's because you don't pray every day. Because the more you pray, the more you like to pray. That's a major key. Hashtag major key. You should tweet that. The more you pray, the more you like to pray. So just put that in your back pocket. Take notes. We, we're, we're becoming a culture that take, takes notes. All right, so we're going to get you guys some moleskins or something. I don't know, maybe it had to be knockoffs because moleskins are expensive, but, you know, but we got to get you guys some notebooks, man. So I want you to write in your notebook or your notepad or whatever you're taking notes on today, your iPhone, and I want you to write the word unity because as you're praying, I want to ask that you would pray for unity in this church, okay, that you would pray that we would be together that the enemy could not divide us, that he could not separate us, that we would be strengthened in unity, not just as a church, but as a family, together as one. Amen? So today, as we talk about vision, I want to first talk about mission. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, what in the world is the difference between mission and vision? All right? But there is a big difference between mission and and vision. Your mission is your why. Everybody say why. why. And your vision is your what. Everybody say what. what. It's important that you make this distinction. I know some people use these terms interchangeably, but I really feel that mission is your why. It is why you are doing something. Our mission is why we are a ministry. Our mission is why we are a church. Now, our vision is what we are building. 
Our vision is what you can behold. It is what you can see. That's why it is called vision. It is what we are building. There are a lot of people who are really great at enmissioning people. Meaning they're very good at getting you all emotional about why you could do something or why you should do something. You know, you'll be crying, you'll write a check one time, you know, and you'll, you're, you, they're just good at envisioning you. But what, what we want to grow in is envisioning you. Because every single person in this room, I don't care if you've come here for 45 minutes, you have a part to play in building up this temple that God has called us to construct in unity with one another. You have a role to play. A part of the blueprint has your name on it. Like you have a corner to build. You have an area that you are called to construct. And if you don't participate in doing your part of the work, the building won't be as beautiful as God intends for it to be. Just touch somebody next to you, give them a high five, something, say build. Build. And so that's what we're doing today. We're, we're hoping to show you the blueprints of what we're building. Everybody say what. I'm not just going to share with you the why. We're going to start with that, but we're going to get into the what. Amen. We want to be a leadership culture that explains well the what, rolls out the blueprints, puts you in place, gives you a hammer or gives you a nail gun, or maybe you're a plumber or an electrician. You know, you build your part. All right. So our mission is our why. It is why we are a church. Now, a few uh, months ago, maybe even closer to a year ago, my wife and I traveled up to Kentucky to meet with my parents, pastors Jeff and Melissa Phillips. They pastor a church called Legacy Owensboro, and it is like a mama church to us. When we first started, we started as Iris Global, as a missions base called Iris Nashville, and we simply met in a house. We had a very good why, but we had no clue what our what was. We just thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what this becomes. We just know why we are gathering, which is great we, to know why you're gathering as a church. We're gathering because of Jesus, amen? And so we'd get together at 7 p.m. Uh, down in Brentwood, and we would worship until like 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning. None of us had kids yet. That's how that worked. And so we just hung out and just, yeah, for all of you moms and dads, you're like, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't work for me. And we understand that. And so we just thought, this is great. This is good. As God adds grace to this, you know, we'll build something else. And in my heart, I, I felt like I had a vision of what I thought this could become. But, you know, honestly, I really grasp at, as to how to share that or build that or, you know, work with that. And so we just continued to meet. And over the past five years, give or take a few months, we've constantly talked about love God, love people, change the world. And that's the great commandment married to the great commission. It's an amazing mission statement, but it's always been separate from my parents. Legacy Owensboro, our mama church, our pastors. And so about a year ago, we went up and we said, mom and dad, this is not right that we are down in Nashville building separately. We need unity. And we feel that you need to share with us your heart for why we are a ministry. You are mom and dad. We don't want to build separately from mom and dad. We're not orphans. We're sons and daughters. And one of the things that you can always notice 
about sons and daughters is that they push up mom, moms and dads. That's one of the characteristics of sons and daughters. They always push up moms and dads. Orphans, on the other hand, only want to build their own thing. That's another note. You should write that down. So we came to my parents and we said, we're not orphans. We're a son and a daughter. What has God put in your heart? Why are we a church? Why am I a minister? That might seem like a strange question to ask your parents, thinking that they had nothing to do with the fact that I became a minister. But I want you guys to know when I was lost at the bottom of the barrel with a needle in my arm, my mama was prayer walking for me. My daddy was proclaiming the scripture over me. And because of their prayers, I've been brought into the kingdom. I've been harvested to my purpose. And so they very much have a role in explaining to me why I am a minister because they've been proclaiming promises over my life since I popped out of the womb. See, that's the beauty of being a part of a family. You don't have to figure everything out on your own. You get the legacy. You get the lineage of having prophecy and promises and prayers proclaimed over your life long before you could understand how to talk. So if you want to be an orphan and you want to adopt that whole self-made millionaire mentality, you can work for a lifetime and never walk in the fullness of what you've been called to walk in because some of what is yours is going to come from your papa. It's going to come from your mama. That's why it's important for you to be a part of a local church. Why would you put all of the effort into working for what God has over your life by yourself? You can never become the full stature of who Christ has called you to be isolated from the local church. That's another tweet. And here's what my parents said. They said, we feel like we have a why. And I want you to know this came from the spirit. This didn't come from my natural parents. This came from God. Because if it was up to us, we would never have made this our why. But here's what our why is. God's mission for Legacy Church is to grow the family of God. That's what our mission statement is. If you've ever wondered why in the world are you guys a local church, here's why. God's mission for Legacy is to grow the family of God. That's why we're here. To grow the family of God. Is that thunder? That is heaven giving us an amen. My, man, dude, my granddaddy used to say, my papa, he said, that's just the angels bowling. And, uh, and Isaiah would love that. Do you guys know my son loves bowling? He loves bowling. If you serve in the kids ministry, you will have to help him bowl because that's all he wants to do. He loves to watch bowling on YouTube. He'll grab my phone in the morning, pull up bowling. And we just recognized, to add the family piece here, that my wife was wearing a vintage bowling t-shirt when she gave birth to him. So I'm telling you, there's something about this, something about this family thing, man. So everybody say, why? why? Our why, our mission is to grow the family of God. Amen? Amen? 
So Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me break this down as simply as possible. If you don't have vision, you will die. How's that? With, see, the ESV says it like this. Without prophetic vision or prophetic revelation, or to make it even more simpler, without a word from God, you perish. The reason why on the inside we're dying when we have that experience or we're suffering or we have no direction or we don't, we don't have purpose, we don't know who we are, we don't have identity, what that is, it is the lack of prophetic revelation. It is the lack of a word from God. It is the lack of a vision. How many of you guys know somebody, you're thinking of them right now, that they wander aimlessly through life. They never have any focus. They never know where they're going. They change their career every two months. They change their goals. They change their ambitions every week. They text you and they tell you, man, guess what I'm going to be? This week, I'm going to be an actor. Next week, I'm going to be a musician. Next, welcome to Nashville. Next week, you know, I'm, next week, I'm going to be in fashion. Nope, next week, I'm going to be in the ministry. Nope, next week, I'm going to be in ministry. Nope, next. Oh, so you guys have never met anybody like that before? See, what that is, it's the lack of prophetic vision. It's the lack of prophetic revelation. And when we don't have vision, the ESV says that we live unrestrained lives. That means there is a lack of discipline in our lives. There is a lack of focus in our lives because we are not disciplined enough to say no to good options so that we can stay focused on the God vision. And see, the enemy cannot stop God from talking to you about your vision. But he can distract you from staying focused on it. And so you get revelation from the Lord, right? You're like, yeah, that's what I'm called to. And see, the enemy, he knows he can't stop God from speaking to you about your purpose, your vision. So he sows seeds of distraction. And unless you keep that prophetic vision fresh, unless you keep that prophetic revelation fresh in your life, then you'll be distracted by good things and not stay focused on the God things. And so you lived an unrestrained life. The Bible says they cast off restraint. They live undisciplined lives because they don't have the presence of vision. And so what we did, we asked God. We said, God, as a leadership team, as a family, as a ministry, and as a church, we rely on prophetic revelation. We can't just make up a good vision. We can't just make up what we're going to build and call it blessed. You know what I mean? See, a lot of times we stay caught up in asking God to bless what we build. But the truth is we should be asking God what he's building because it's already blessed. I need to say that again. So a lot of times we get caught up in asking God. See, this is the... We, we get caught up in asking God to bless what we build. But we need to be asking God what he's building because it's already blessed. And get involved with that. Get that prophetic revelation so that we can live focused and, and disciplined lives. So that when a distraction comes, you say, uh-uh. I'm good with that. If I, if I bow my knee to that, I'll be living on less than what God's called me to. No, I'm okay. Oh, but it's some money. Oh, it's a promotion. Oh, it's some title. Oh, you can get a new car. Nope, it's all good. Don't need it. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm on an ultralight beam. 
It's a God dream. Y'all ain't going to get with me. Y'all ain't going to get with me on that. They're not going to get with me on that. Come on. So here's what God's vision for legacy is. I got oil all over the place up here. I mean, there is, there is oil on my Bible, on my iPad. It's just, yeah, I just got, I'm just fragrant. So how many of you guys know that no two families function and feel the exact same? You know that? Every individual family functions and feels just a little bit different. Well, every local church functions and feels a little bit different because every local church has a unique calling, has a unique function, and has a unique feel, and they all work together to build up the universal church. And so when we ask the Lord, God, what is our function? What is our feel? What is our vision? Here is the what that we feel that God has spoken to us about to build. God's vision for legacy is to be a healthy church that plants healthy churches. This is what we are building. We are a healthy church that plants healthy church. Now, I, healthy churches. I know what you're thinking. A, what's a healthy church? B, when are we going to plant the church? Because I'm ready. <laughs> Maybe nobody was thinking that, but I'm calling you out. All right. If a seed has been deposited, if you are a church planter, if you are a pastor, all right, can I just speak to that? Yep. Say, grow in the name of Jesus. Yep. So a healthy church, here's what we feel like a healthy church is. A healthy church functions like a family, and feels like a home. Let me say it again. A healthy church functions like a family and feels like a home. You guys like that? A healthy church functions like a family and feels like a home. We're gonna be diving into some of our values. Obviously, being a healthy church is something that's important to us. We'll dive into that over the next month or two. We'll talk about our culture. We're gonna be announcing a foundations class that you can join in and be a part of where we'll go through our values and really break them down for you and talk about them because these are our functions and they are our feels. They are what we want you to experience as a part of the family. They are what we want you to celebrate as part of the family. And they are also what we want you to expect us to correct when you're not operating in them. Because this is how we behave in this house. Does that sound good? Awesome. So with that being said, we have one goal that we want to share with you today. If you are a strategic planner, one of the ways that you can do that is you can build upon mission and vision. You'll go next to your values and your values speak of your behavior, which really creates the culture. But then you have to set some goals. You have to set some direction. You have to tell the people where we're moving to as a family, you know, as a, as a papa. And we feel like God's highlighted a goal for us. And in this season, we feel like the number one goal for us as legacy is to create a home for the family. That is our goal in this season. As we talk about planting churches in the future, we do not feel that it, that it is time to plant another church until we steward this one well. And I think we're doing a good job. Don't hear me saying that I don't think we're doing a good job. I think we're doing a great job. But I feel that what God's called us to construct here is a home for the family a home for the people of Nashville, a home for the people of this neighborhood so that they can come in and that they can see the family function and feel the vibes of home. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say home? Maybe you didn't have a great home life and you know, not everybody does. 
But the home life that God intends for you to have is one where you can come in and find acceptance. I'll step on some toes with that. You can find acceptance. You find love and embrace. Right? You find safety. You know that you're, you know that you're cared for and that you're secure in that place. That you feel loved. That you feel encouraged. And get this. That's where you also get discipline. I ain't getting no amens on that one. Okay. 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 You know, you know what godly discipline is? It's, it's, it's whenever we are behaving outside of the character of Christ, where our moms and dads say, hey, let's just adjust you back over here because this is actually who you're really called to be. I'm not condemning you because of your sin, but I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit that has convicted you of your righteousness. And I am telling you that you are way too awesome to be acting like that. So let's just change... Because I am invested in you becoming all who God has called you to be. What we just prayed over Philip is, is our responsibility. What we prayed over Asaph this morning is our task to see you grow in the full stature and in the full nature of Christ. Amen. And you're not going to get that without getting corrected. Yeah. Unity. It's a good time for all of us to say unity again. Unity. Amen. So here's the goal, guys. Our goal is to create a home for the family. First and foremost, here's what that looks like. A brand new children's ministry facility. Yes. You guys might be scratching your head. What is that? What is that even going to look like? So we are going to completely renovate the downstairs children's ministry wing. There'll be a brand new entrance for our kiddos. Our current entrance now will become our children's entrance only, okay? So you won't enter there. You'll actually enter through a new lobby, which I'll talk about in just a few moments, which will be over there where the offices have been. This new wing will be here. We're gonna even try and install a slide so that the stairs right there, the kids can just like zip into kids' ministry. I'm, I'm not even playing. During, during the week, I'll probably ride that slide to get to staff meetings, you know. So we're going to do a brand new children's ministry facility. This children's ministry facility uh, will be equipped with the latest technology for kids and check-in, and that way we can make it extremely safe for our kiddos. And we're going to build it to the standard of a Mother's Day Out program by, you know, the city standards so that if, in fact, one day we decide to open it up to our neighborhood, that we can do that for a Mother's Day Out program. And the reason why we've chosen to talk about this first is because, I don't know about you guys, but when my wife and I were looking for a home, the first value that we considered was safety for our children. We wanted our kids to grow up in a safe and celebratory environment. And if we only have enough money to do one thing, here's what we're going to do care for our kids well. Because that communicates the value of the house and that communicates the value for the family. Our kids are our next pastors. Our kids are the next politicians. Our kids are the next entrepreneurs. Our kids are the next business people. Our kids are the next deacons and elders and leaders. And we want to start by pouring into them. Next is a brand new, get this, TV-ready worship center. 
Yes. So this room will, will transition into that. Um, one of the things that you will notice right off the bat when we reveal the plans to you is that this room is going to be flip-flopped. So the stage is going to be at the back of the room. So there's no more walking in at the front. And so for all of you guys who have to pee right now, you're stoked on this because you don't want to get up and interrupt the uh, message. I know, I know. Every now and then I feel the same way when I'm up here. So that's the first thing that you're going to notice is there's going to be a flip-flop. All the non-essential walls in this entire room will be removed, which will give us enough room to hold about 75 to 80 more chairs for every service, which is going to be amazing. And then we're going to redo the stage space and we're going to equip it with the best technology that we can afford so that we can live stream from Nashville to the nations. We want to bless our brothers and sisters, the people who we're connected to all around the world. And we feel that what God is doing and is going to do here is going to have global and generational impact. And so we want to go ahead and steward that word now and sew together a wineskin for God to feel to impact nations through this ministry. So if you feel called to be a part of that, we want you to help us build that. Uh, we want you to know that this worship center, as it progresses and as we grow uh, and as we get closer, we are going to be adding a third service Woo! to make caring for our uh, everyone who's a part now to come. So August the 1st, everybody say August 1st. August 1st. August 1st, there'll be three services here in this facility. The first one will start at 9 a.m. The second will start at 1030 a.m. And the third one will start at 12 noon. So if you want to come to a later service, you can do that. What we're asking is that anybody who goes to the 9 o'clock now, you would stay at the 9 o'clock. And if you go to the 11 now, that you'd go to the 12.30. Because, or excuse me, the 12, sorry. The 12, because 10.30 is kind of that sweet spot where a lot of new family members are going to want to come and check us out. And, you know, just like that annoying guy at a restaurant who pulls up that table and that makes that loud, obnoxious noise in the restaurant. You guys know what I'm talking about? A new friend comes in and the table's like, Arr! oh yeah, we got room. Yeah, yeah, we got room. It's okay. And everybody's like, stop doing that. Like, See, that's Jesus. That's, that's what Jesus does. See, he always makes room for one more. And so this is us. I know it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you have to change your service time a little bit. But hey, look, that's okay. Because if we can be uncomfortable for a moment so that people can be brought into the momentum that God has for their life and their purpose so they can be a part of a family, we're going to do that. Everybody say unity. unity. We're together. So the last thing is a brand new lobby and an office wing. As I said before, our new lobby will be over where the office wing has been in the past. There'll be a big 12-foot, we've already got it marked out, 12-foot staircase. It's going to bring you up into that new lobby. There'll be a barista bar there, coffee shop. Um, you'll be hangout space, couches and chairs. Think, think Pinewood Social, you know, kind of going that vibe a little bit, okay? So you can hang out over there. You can chill. There'll be a little shop you can be, and then and then be in, and then beyond, beyond that will be an office wing, and uh, that's where we'll have staff uh, staff offices and things like that throughout the week. So want to make you guys aware of all of that. That will be the third step. Now, in order for this to happen, we have a few options. One, we could move out for four months. Okay. That's one option. The second option is that we do it in phases. Right now, we're opting to do it in phases. So what that'll look like is when we start on the children's wing, our kids will go over to the office wing. There'll be a temporary setup for them there. 
uh, temporary walls and all that stuff, be nice, safe, and secure for them there. Once the children's ministry um, wing is complete, we'll take the children uh, back down there. We'll have a big ceremony for that. And then we will move over there into the office wing and that's where we'll hold our services. We'll fit it out for church and everything. Won't be as big or as nice as this, but we'll make it work with the three services. And then this, this part will be built out. We'll have a ceremony. We'll have a, a brand new um, reveal service here. And then we'll start on our lobby in our office wing. Sound good? So all in all, this is supposed to take us somewhere about uh, 10 months to a year. So we're gonna do our best to start on this project in the next two months, just so you guys will be aware. We're talking right now to a bank. Uh, we're also gonna be creating opportunity for you guys to sow into this and give to this. And we're gonna let you know step by step. I mean, we got, we, we got things kind of step by step. It's not all finished yet, which is why we're not revealing it. We'll hand out papers from HVAC to security to everything. You guys excited about that? It's fun, it's gonna be good gonna be good. Oh, this also, we'll have a handicapped entrance here where the kids, so there'll be an elevator there. So, you know, in the past, I know we haven't had that. So we're gonna be adding that as well, just so you'll know. Awesome, awesome. So um, we're gonna close our vision time out today with a song of worship. So I wanna invite our, our, our worship team to come back. And as they're coming back, I wanna share one last component of this vision with you. And this is I don't want the worship team coming to distract you because this is actually the most important component of our vision. As I was putting this whole thing together in note form, I started to ask myself the question, why? Why are we building this? Because building a church facility doesn't necessarily get me up in the morning. Now, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I like construction. I like building new things. I like working for new things. But it doesn't necessarily break my heart and move me on the inside. And here's what I realized. That vision always begins with a burden. What breaks your heart? It's a great place to start vision casting. What breaks your heart? Vision always begins with a burden. And to be honest, you guys, like, we definitely want to rehabilitate this facility and make it nicer and all of that. But that doesn't necessarily break our hearts. You know what breaks our heart? People who walk the city of Nashville, who live like they don't have a home. People who live in our city as orphans, who do not know Father God as being good, who do not know the local church as being good and accepting and celebratory and encouraging and loving. That breaks my heart. It truly moves me. It wakes me up in the morning because I don't want even one to perish. As Jesus said, it's not even, it's not his will that even one should perish. And that is the burden that we are gripped with. And that is the motivation and the energy behind all of this, behind this goal, behind this vision to be a healthy church that plants healthy churches. We've set a goal. We want to plant another church by 2020. Everybody say unity. We believe, we believe that that can happen. But first, we got to build this home. And the burden that it's backed by and that moves us is we're not building an orphanage. 
We're not just planting a church. We're creating a home for the family of God. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to celebrate what God is saying, what God is speaking to us, the vision that God is releasing to us today. Are you guys excited about it? This is Vision Sunday, and I want you to know that you are a part of a family that has a vision from God. This isn't something that we've made up. It's something that we've received. It's something that God wants to do for East Nashville, for Nashville, and for the nations. And you have a part to play. You have a portion to build. So we want to invite you into that. There's something I didn't mention first service, but I'll mention it now, which is three elements of how you can contribute. Time. Everybody say time. Talent. And treasure. Now you guys all know what treasure means. That means money. If you feel to sow into this, sow into it. You'll get an opportunity to do that in just a moment, but we'll do that through our tithe and our offering. But time and talent. You know what talent is? It's the thing that you like to do. It's the thing that you're good at. It's that thing that's just your delight. Man, you know what I like to do for the church? Lead worship. You know what I like to do? That's where your treasure is. But you know what your time is? that thing you don't like to do. Man, I don't want to serve in the kids. I don't want to help with the video. I don't want to be on ministry team. I don't want to greet. I don't want to help make coffee at seven. But see, that's, that's the fullness of what it looks like to build together. It looks like your time, your talent, and your treasure. And if you want to know how to build, that's how you can build. the mature members of the family, they'll be willing to contribute all three. So I want to challenge you with that. So Father, as we lift up our voices today in you, uh, with you in song and in worship, we just bless this vision that you have graciously provided for us. We ask you to keep us focused on the vision. We ask you to enable us by your grace and by your mercy to serve your people, to serve East Nashville, to serve this city with love with acceptance, with celebration, with discipline, with all the elements and facets of family, that we would truly function as such and that we would feel, that this place would feel like a home that's been created by the Father. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Let's worship. We're going to do a song of worship before we close.